You're listening to Sailing Into Oblivion Podcast. Welcome aboard, Mighty Sparrow. This is your host, Jerome Rand, giving you the pod, the only podcast from a sailboat that's sailing on the surface of the sun. <laughs> it is a scorching 92 degrees down here in the cabin, and believe it or not, that's sort of a cooler day down here, which is... Uh, Pretty incredible. I'm hoping the further north I get, the cooler it'll get down below because I miss being able to come down here and take a nap during the day. All I do down here now is sweat. So that's that. But uh, yeah, so today is day 75 out at sea and it is a September 27th, 2020. Uh, I'm about 250 miles east of uh, like Antigua and um, Guadeloupe and all that, the Caribbean basically. So I'm just about at the corner and uh, pretty much headed 310 straight towards Beaufort, South Carolina, another 1,500 miles away. So was able to download some weather. The sat phone that uh, I fixed jamming pieces of wood and paper into the uh, little cradle housing actually worked better than it has uh, in a long time. So go figure that one. Um, There's about 150, 200 minutes left on that thing. So I think as I get closer uh, to landing, I'll start just eating all those minutes up because pretty soon they're going to expire and all that sort of stuff. And Plus, I just don't trust the phone and probably won't ever get another one either. But um, that is neither here nor there. Right now, uh, conditions-wise, the winds were great. They they picked up. We've had squalls. You know, as we're in that area. It's squally. Um, not too bad. A little bit of rain. Nothing substantial where I can catch it. It's just, you know, rains for about a minute, maybe two and then it's over, but um, those have been going day and night, so keeping me a little bit busy messing with the sails, but um, the winds piped up yesterday, last night, it was great, and then they sort of died off today, so I'm back with the drifter. I was uh, going pretty much, you know, 20, 30 degrees dead downwind uh, with the pulled out staysail and the mainsail, just cruising, absolutely cruising with a nice easterly breeze. And now things have gotten a little little crazy, but um, <clears throat> I think the winds are supposed to hold, you know, in that 15 to 18 knot range out of the east. And then they're going to pick up in about three, four days to the 20, 20, 22 knots. Still out of the east, so I'm just going to keep banging, banging, banging as far as I can go. And hopefully get off uh, this ocean before uh, round two of this hurricane season starts uh, pumping pumping out big storms. So, got really lucky though this morning. Uh, Went up on deck after a night of, of, you know, pretty flawless sailing. A few squalls, like I said, uh, 
And all of a sudden, Mongo's trying to jibe. And I go back and I hop on I, on the tiller and, and just barely am able to save it. And then I go forward, do what I was doing before. And I look back and it's trying to jibe again. And it actually crash jibed. Had the preventer on, pretty loose. Um, so it came over, but it didn't jibe all the way. Jibed it back, no big deal, nothing broken. And then, um, yeah, I'm looking at it, and one of the little... There's a, there's only, you know, ten moving parts on Mongo. There aren't, aren't very many. That's the Aries wind vane. And um, just one little strut that holds one little section came loose. Enough that when it would bottom out in one direction, it would hold there. It would stick. And uh, all I had to do was tighten the set screw, and it was good to go. So, whew. And it, it just, I don't know, it was, uh, the only reason I bring it up, it's so funny, because, you know, it was obviously loose. And, um, you know, made it through the whole night without having any sort of problem. And then, you know, five minutes after I wake up in the morning and come up on deck, it does does that twice gets caught i don't know it's it's such a weird thing it's it's sort of in that same realm of you know you could go down below if you put on um you know like a a clean dry sweatshirt on a calm night and hop up on deck chances are some weird random wave is going to slap the hull just right and splash you and get you soaking wet even though not a drop of salt water has hit the deck in two days you know it's, it's one of those weird things and i don't know i it seems like that happens a lot like i i get it a lot where i'm up in the cockpit i'm you know keeping watch sailing the boat sails are doing great go down below and then all of a sudden the main sail like slams from one side to the other and it's just I come back up and nothing's happened, nothing's changed, and it sails just fine. It's like it's almost sometimes I feel like the boat just wants attention, and if you're not up there in the cockpit looking around, it just wants to. It's sort of like hey, whatever. So I don't know, but uh, yeah, so that was kind of a close call. So I went over Mongo. She definitely needs a tune-up, um, but she's not gonna get it until we get. Uh, or not the full tune-up. I'm going to change a lot of bushings and um, bearings and things like that just to really make it so she's she's pretty much brand new. She's definitely showing her 50,000 miles of uh, hard sailing. So, uh, Like I said, I haven't been able to catch any water, so I'm still pumping, but... I'm gonna. I have to use this. I, I I have to use this jug of five gallons of rainwater before it gets weird. Sometimes rainwater has a tendency. I put a one drop of bleach in it, uh, and usually that will do the trick. Because I also will put that through a Brita filter. But sometimes you can think, oh, I've got this water. It's great. I'm gonna stash it. And then you open that sucker up, and it stinks, and it's got gray floaters and all that sort of stuff, and it's done. So I'm gonna I'm gonna use that up um, and start pumping and filling filling some of the other jugs. But you know, right now I still have over 10 gallons and uh, feeling pretty good about that. But boy, if I could just get one squall the last like 10, 15 minutes, I could easily get uh, 20 gallons of fresh water, and then I could stow the pump away for the rest of the trip. <laughs> 
funny. That's all it takes. And I, I, you know, with all these squalls around, they're everywhere. I see them right now. If I go up on deck, I probably see two or three of them. And I just, I'm just not getting hit by the right ones in the right direction. It's kind of weird. Uh, and I guess, you know, on that subject of, of sailing, you know, in these squalls and all that sort of stuff, um, you know, my, my sort of theory on the whole thing, you know, you get a squall coming, you want to do as, as small of a procedure as possible. You know, if it looks like it's going to be a pretty hectic one, typically I'll drop whatever foresail I have up, either the jib or the drifter. And then I'll just run with it because typically these squalls only last, you know, five, ten minutes. And you can just run with it rather than put like a reef in and all that sort of stuff. Uh, although if I'm catching water, I always put that first reef in because that's how I catch the water. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, If you have a roller furling headsail, that makes it just super easy because you just roll it up. And then, yeah, you know, like I said, sheet out the main. Run with the squall for a little bit. Let it wash your boat down. As soon as it passes, you just round up and get get away from its wind shadow uh, until the wind fills back in. Unroll that jib, and you're good to go. A little more in-depth with Sparrow because i got to go up forward to douse any sails and such. Sometimes I'll just ride it out, and I'll take the helm um, and just power, power my way and broad reach through it. It can be a little dangerous because if it does get a bit hectic, then all of a sudden, you know, you got way too much sail up. But, you know, it, it's a judgment call, really. I, I just, you know, I've seen people go and they'll they'll put reef points in uh, before as it's coming and then they'll sort of wallow for 10, 15 minutes because it's kind of hard to judge sometimes how close they are. And then it'll hit. And nothing will happen really and then you gotta shake all the reefs out and all that and it's sort of like wow you went through a whole lot of energy and you know you had to get crew up here to do this that and the other thing it's it's sort of my my i'm i'm lazy i just want to do as little as human humanly possible so that's uh typically what i do with the squall if i if i have a monster you know if i'm like right now i've got full main and the drifter up sort of broad reaching and there's squalls around, so it's almost sunset. I'll probably, ooh, little wave got me there. Uh, I'll probably leave everything up and just keep going. And you know, as I as I periodically sort of wake up or you know toss and turn in the night, I'll just do a quick quick check because it is it's one of those things where. I don't know. I, I've only been caught out by squalls. I shouldn't even say this out loud, but I've only been caught out by squalls like two or three times in my life. Uh, there's just something about you just wake up, you know, a few minutes beforehand or something. I don't know what it is. But I do know, though, when I did get caught out in the doldrums that one time with the big drifter up, shredded the drifter, damaged the bowsprit, you know, that was that was pretty serious uh serious mistake but that that was basically getting hit with 30 knots of wind with a gigantic you know old school code zero 250 percent insane sail up oh man that's still i still remember it was just instantaneous it didn't give me two more than three seconds it just hit the boat healed and all of a sudden bang but 
I don't know. With this drifter, uh, I don't know. You know, it is. It's a risk. You're you're sort of you're sort of dancing with the devil, so to speak. You know, if you you leave it up eight hours, eight hours through the night, or ten hours through the night down here, sunsets at like seven, comes up at like six, five thirty. So ten hours. If I have the drifter up, I'm doing six knots. If I put the staysail up, I'm doing four, four and a half. So, you know, that's conservatively one knot per hour, 10 hours, 10, 10 knots. It's not too big a deal when you think of one night, but if you think of 10 nights, uh, which I still have at least 10 nights, that's 100 miles. And that actually is an entire day almost. So... It does add up, and you, you do have to sort of think about that. So, I don't know. Plus, anyway, I mean, I'm starting to get closer to traffic and stuff, so I don't think I'd be sleeping through the night like I ha I was before where, you know, we literally sleep for like six or seven hours at a time. <laughs> got got pretty used to that. It was sort of like a normal schedule. But um, oh, what else do I have on there? Do, 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 do. Future forecast. Like I said, I, I downloaded, so I've got a nine-day forecast. It looks pretty good. There is a little something sketchy coming up from the Gulf, but it's it's like towards the very end of the forecast, so there's no way they have any idea what's actually going to happen. But it's going to be pretty much straight downwind for the most part, and it's going to lighten up a little bit as I get above Turks and Caicos in the Bahamas. So I may end up going straight north and then cutting over, uh, but I'll see what the wind does. Because when the wind gets light and I'm going in the same direction of it, forget about it. The boat's just so slow and it rolls like a pig and it's no fun at all. So it's, And it's actually faster to go, you know, broad reach one direction, broad reach back the other. It's almost same as tacking into the wind, except you're jiving with the wind. So I don't know, but it, it looks good. Um, you know, they still aren't calling for any substantial uh, hurricanes over the next five days. At least that's what people are telling me. So that is really good. <laughs> uh, get me off of this ocean before, before one of these suckers comes and tries to track me down. Um, but, yeah, that's sort of the game plan is, is really to... Um, Get off this ocean as fast as possible. Get into Buford, way up, 25 miles up in that river. Uh, if we get hit by a hurricane up there, it's at least very protected from the waves, from s storm surge. Uh, it's a good little marina, and um, the boat will be safe up there. So, um, basically, that's that's all I'm trying to do is, is get back there and uh, button up all the loose ends. <sighs> and uh, may actually already have a job. Um, we'll have to see. My older brother, he's been doing some crazy stuff out in New Mexico for some space agency or something. I don't know. But pays really good, and uh, that's what I need, Bunny, because I don't have any. Spend it all on this magical trip around the Americas, which turned into <coughs> trip around the Atlantic. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to trying to think of post sailing and uh, what's what's actually gonna happen and all that. And 
I'm sort of dreaming of, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I, I would really like to do the Pacific Crest Trail. I think that would be fun to go for a nice long walk in the woods. That's, that's a good three, three to four month uh, adventure, 2,600 miles from border of Mexico to border of Canada out west. Uh, a lot different than the Appalachian Trail, but in a lot of ways very similar. Um, so I don't know, you know, I, I'd like to do something like that. Uh, as far as Sparrow goes, probably going to have to offload this and um, sell it to somebody else who uh, has some adventure plans in mind. Not so much that I really just want to get rid of it, but I think any future sailing that I do is going to be with other people on a much bigger boat. Uh, I would love to do a circumnavigation where I actually get to stop at a lot of places or at least do South Pacific and all that. And, but if I was going to do that, I'd want it to be on, you know, a 40, 50 foot sailboat with, uh, you know, four cabins sort of thing where lots of people can come and we can have a, a really good time. You know, the solo stuff, I think after this trip, it really, um, it's not like I don't like it, but it's it's sort of like, I think if I went through all my logbooks, I've probably spent three, four, almost 500 days out at sea by myself. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's well over a year. Um, you know, in a year, you're, you're looking at basically one and a half percent of your life. Um, and I don't know. I, I've always been somebody who likes to experience as much as possible. And it's been a great five years afloat. And we've done some awesome stuff, the circumnavigation, this trip, lots of just learning and everything. And uh, I think it is. I think it's time to pass this boat on to somebody else uh, who wants to take her uh, to play parts, parts unknown. Uh, so I've got to fix her up a little bit. You know, I'm not, I know I'm going to take a huge loss on this boat. That's totally fine. Um, but it's a unique boat. It's got a good pedigree and it's got great bones. Um, cosmetically, it's not too bad. I just don't want to have to spend, I don't want to spend any real amount of money trying to fix it up so that I can try and sell it for more. I'd rather sell it, uh, at a very reasonable price so that it can be over and done with quickly. Um, but I don't know. I've got to sort out where I'm going to live, job, all that sort of stuff beforehand. So I, I'm assuming probably it'll go up for sale uh, in the next in January, December, or January. But uh, we'll sort of we'll sort of see. So I don't know. Those are the things that are bouncing around through my head. And the other thing is just really I keep trying to repeat it is you know enjoy the ride, enjoy the ride because. This is, this is, this could be, you know, technically one of my last sales with Mighty Sparrow and, uh, trying to kick back and, and take it in, you know, these starry nights are great. The days it's difficult because it's so hot. And as soon as that sun comes up by 7 AM, it's scorching out and I'm hiding, you know, and now finally the sun is just about to set and we're going to finish this podcast up so I can go enjoy it. Um, but yeah, I love, love being up once that sun's gone and, and, you know, we've got a lot of stars, Mercury, planets, all stuff's out. So it's, it is, it's very enjoyable. Uh, I wish I wouldn't have dumped all the booze out, but hey, you know, 
it was uh, the right thing to do at the right time. So still got coffee, drinking a couple cups of that a day. Feels great. Brain's nice and sharp. Reading these books, it's, it's, it's good. I'm trying to really just take it in because if you're not enjoying the ride, then what the hell's the point? So let's end on that one. Um, sail safe, everybody. Thanks for listening. Yeah, so uh, coming into the tail end here, it's it's um, it's pretty cool. I I can hear it in my voice that I'm I'm pretty happy that uh, I'm getting closer and closer each day. And you know, it's not too bad. The squalls, it's pretty interesting. You know, dealing with squalls. I think it's one of those things after you've dealt with your hundredth or thousandth squall you're very confident in what it takes to get through one of those and you know some of them are are much worse than others but if you can if you can get it down to a system it it becomes very easy and and almost turns into sort of just an annoyance where you know you got to get up and and do all these little things and you know what you're going to expect and everything but yeah, like I said, on, on spare, I got it down to a pretty good routine, which is pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, the, with the sat phone, it had been broken for a while, no weather forecasts, and, yeah, just tinkering around with it. It must have been some sort of loose connection inside, and when I I sort of was jamming little pieces of paper in, into this uh, into this little section on it, and for some reason... Uh, I was able to, to pick up a forecast here and there. Uh, it was never reliable. I, I pretty much uh, didn't really think too much about it. But, you know, I, I was able to get weather from my mom. Uh, she sent me great forecasts every day, just, just telling me what's around and stuff. But in the end, there's nothing like seeing the grid files and the weather files on your computer screen. So you can sort of decipher and, and choose which way and where you want to go because... It does make a big difference as far as uh, the direction you're sailing according to the wind and and trying to anticipate as much as you possibly can to stay in a good weather pattern, you know, not get becalmed and then also not get your butt kicked out there. So, all right, on to the next one. Welcome aboard, everybody. This is Jerome aboard Mighty Sparrow coming to you from... uh, off the coast of Florida and South Carolina somewhere. I'm actually up on deck, so I don't know how this is going to turn out. There's just a little bit of uh, of, of wind from uh, my motion going forward under the old Iron Jenny. But I figured I'd give it a try because we're coming down towards the last of the days out at sea. Probably three or four left, and... Uh, it's just about sunset. We got about 20 minutes before that sucker goes down. Should see a green flash tonight. And I kind of wanted to, you know, do something a little different and sort of share as much as I can sort of my little world, what's going on and what I'm seeing right now. So it's been really light winds, pretty much next to nothing. I've had a few big squalls, caught a ton of rain, so I'm showered and cleaned. I got boxer shorts hanging on the guardrails. They've been drying out for the last day and a half. I like to extra dry them, get uh, as much of that smell (laughs) out of them as possible. But uh, I have this big colorful drifter 
sail that's that's been tied up uh, to the lifelines. It's orange and yellow and green and all that sort of stuff. So that's hanging out. I've, I've just got the staysail up just for a little bit of steadying, although the sea's really calm at this point. And the waves sort of... I'm, I'm headed not due west, a little north of west, and the waves are coming pretty much down from uh, the northeast. So they're sort of undercutting me and, and uh, giving me this little rocking motion that sometimes can be annoying, you know, when you're actually sailing because they sort of power you up as they push you towards the wind. But uh, right now it's, it's, it's just a gentle sort of nice little rocking. But, um, yeah, the, the sky is pretty much fully clear. There's a couple of big cumulonimbus way off in the distance, but... Nothing that's going to be sticking around tonight. Nothing that's going to be giving me any trouble, at least. And uh, so that's always good, especially when you have a meteor shower coming in. So tonight and tomorrow, uh, it's like the drac dracnoids, dracoids. I, I can't remember, but uh, it's a couple of asteroids or something like that 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 have uh, a whole bunch of little pieces all around them and we go right through their little trail so i guess in 1933 and 1946 um this was responsible for not a meteor shower but a meteor storm where they were seeing over a thousand meteors per hour which i didn't even know that really existed so uh, that one's a new one for the old bucket list uh i hope someday before I die, I get to witness something like that. Could you imagine a thousand meteors per hour? Like literally, that's meteors. I don't know how many that is per second, but we're talking unbelievable. Probably one every second or something. Must be pretty amazing. But uh, I mean, I've seen some massive ones cut clear across the sky, leave a trail for 10 minutes, that sort of thing. But I've never seen more than, you know, one every five, ten seconds or so. So, but yeah, uh, big, beautiful blue sky, the sea. Like I said, it's nice and calm right now. It's this sort of sparkly, sparkly uh, dark blue with a nice line of, of reflection right back towards the sun. And yeah, um... Since that big rain squall, the boat's nice and, and uh, free of salt, which is great. means I can go and lounge around pretty much anywhere. Um, and since there's no splashing or anything like that, it's, uh, it's hopefully going to stay that way for the next couple of days. It's supposed to be pretty much no wind today, tomorrow, and then Friday, early morning, it starts to pick up. And that's going to be taking us into the Gulf Stream and then uh, hopefully into Buford. But probably end up getting in on, on Sunday morning. And, uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. But, yeah, right now, I mean, it is just, it, it's kind of a strange thing. You know, sunrise and sunset, the stars, all that sort of stuff, that's it's sort of, the entertainment out here that's that's the backdrop all the time and you know when you're sort of living in it all the time day after day week after week month after month it, it does it, it you know you almost think 
the wow factor sort of disappears, but it really doesn't. <laughs> it is so amazing just to just to look at. I mean, you know, regardless of being stuck out here for as long as they have, it's still the best view in the world. I mean, just water and horizon all around. To just see these clouds roll on by. I mean, you know, how many times do you just sit back and watch the clouds roll by? Something you do when you're a kid, relaxing, when time has a whole different meaning. Seems like back then the days just lasted forever and ever. It almost seems like that out here, to tell you the truth. <laughs> but in sort of a different way. Sort of like, ah, oh, hurry up, I want to get in there. <laughs> but... But yeah, it is. It's it's just beautiful and calm and serene. And as much as I'd love a big breeze to be tunneling through, because, you know, listening to that engine go is pretty annoying. It is pretty nice to just have, have some easy-peasy sailing or motoring. Gosh, it is just beautiful out here. We're getting about one finger away from that horizon at this point. And there's some upper-level stuff, you know, for, for as calm as it is. It's so funny, you know, they, they always talk about, you know, mare's tails and mackerel skies and, you know, all that, that super wispy upper-level cloud cover. You know, when that comes in, watch your barometer, you know, bad weather's coming and all that sort of stuff. I see that stuff all the time. I've seen it all over the world, and it doesn't tell me anything. <laughs> I mean, if you know a low-pressure system is coming, yes, you see the mare sails a couple of days, a day before, and it coincides with the barometer dropping, and yes, it all sort of makes sense. But you see these things all the time out here. Red sky in the morning, you know, it's, it's sort of like, oh, yeah, I see those a lot. Sometimes it does, sometimes it does. I think it's that, that whole, you know, it works 60% of the time or whatever. So, who knows, who knows. Uh, you know, as much as I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back back to land, it's uh, the, the thought of, of this being one of my last solo trips is, is pretty crazy. You know, so I am, I'm, I'm getting to that point where I'm really trying to take it in and, you know, be in, in the moment and really, really jot this stuff down so that I don't forget it. Ooh, sun's going behind some very distant uh, cirrus clouds, which is nice in one way because I don't have my sunglasses on, but it's also casting pretty crazy light, and I think we're going to get a pretty epic sunset out here tonight and since we're getting closer to land closer to all the pollution um i'll bet you we get some mean mean colors you know out in the middle of the the ocean you get some spectacular sunsets but you don't get the purples and the reds and oranges that you normally would because that's all pollution and dust and dirt and out here the the air is so clean but yeah even now i, I can sort of see we're already getting close to uh close to land just from that it's pretty amazing all the little differences but the other thing is starting to see a lot more traffic there's a ship about 15 miles out i can't see it right now but uh, i got passed by a thousand footer this morning at about 4 a.m the uh 
I think I caught it. I woke up, went on deck, did my checks, and just randomly. And when I was looking at the AIS, I saw he was, you know, 15 miles out, but he was moving at 20 point something knots fast. But, um, yeah, our, our closest point of approach or our CPA was, uh, like point, point five, half mile, which is really, really close. And he actually changed his course, uh, which is cool. And, um, I mean, for them, I can only imagine on a ship like that, you know, he probably has to log that he changes course. Maybe it's going to be the hardest thing. Other than that, he probably just hits a button, goes five degrees one way or the other. But, um, yeah, so oh, a lot of a lot of ships, and it's only going to pick up. So I got to sort of be on my toes a little more. I uh, extended that alarm out a little further, so now I keep it at about five miles. So any any ships that get within five miles of the, the boat, then uh, the alarm starts going off, and it, it'll wake me up. Even I, I put little tiny things of paper towel in my ears just to dull the engine a little bit um and that really is just to dull it a little so that i don't go deaf uh but i can still hear the alarm i could hear the radio i could hear any anything sort of going off and it it will still wake me up and i'm barely sleeping at all anyway i mean it, it really it, I wouldn't even call it sleep. I'm sort of just lying there waiting. <laughs> Engine's so loud. It's kind of hoping that the wind would pick up just enough. It almost looked like it did or was going to, but I don't think so. I mean, I, I would, if, if I could just keep the sails full, I would do two knots, no problem, but with the the little bit of swell coming in that would rock the boat just enough to keep that main slatting instead of staying full so kind of a bummer but i always i always thought back in the day i i wanted to make a mainsail a super lightweight one like spinnaker material that i could put up in place of this one where i don't have to take this one off I can just attach it at the three points and um, just something that can, you know, I can throw on there for super crazy light wind with a huge drifter. And as long as, you know, as long as that wind is strong enough to just hold it all together. But I never did. Oh, well. Wow, it's really starting to get pink out here. Oh, it's beautiful. Holy cow. So, yeah, we've got... With the with the new colors coming in, we've got some cumio nimbus clouds off to the south, and we've got some off to the north. Again, nothing uh, nothing too crazy. Should be a, a relatively quiet night, I think. But I don't know. It's one of those things you sort of see them. It's so hard to judge. I would assume some of these have got to be 60, 70 miles away, if not more. Yeah, they're they're huge clouds and really I don't know they don't they don't worry me the only ones that worry me is when I see lots and lots and lots of lightning way off in the distance and I know it's coming towards me that that unnerves me 
because there's nothing I can do but sit down below and just wait until it's over. <laughs> but the other night, last night we had a really ugly looking dark cloud come over and it looked like a line squall. Winds picked up, it got cold, uh, but not even a single drop of rain. Couldn't believe it. And I sat up there just waiting for it, absolutely waiting. Again, I'm just motoring, just got that stasel up, but still, it's uh, it's funny. You know, you see those things, and I I don't know. I I'm I'm becoming more and more nostalgic of these past five years lately, just because again the the plan is going to be to you know get get the boat ready to hand it over to somebody else and. Uh, so it's kind of, I'm starting to really realize that, you know, the solo sailing stuff is is uh, at least on pause for a while, you know. And if it does come back, it's going to come back in a very different way, which is, is cool. Because I, you know, I think I've done what I wanted to do with, with this boat and, and everything. And, um, you know, so I, I think about all the times that I was learning... You know, how to deal with these squalls, middle of the night stuff, and uh, just, I, I can't even, I, I have so many, I'm so glad I kept journals and everything, because I, I really, you know, looking back on some of the first sales, you know, down in the Caribbean, uh, and just dealing with all the crazy weather down there, and, and again, just trying to figure out not only the boat, but how to do all the stuff by yourself, and it has been. It's been an amazing five years. I, I can't even believe it. I It'll be five years, um, I think, in December of this year. So five years before the mast. <laughs> oh, man. Wow, it's, it's getting really pink out there, but we still have nothing but big blue up above us, which is great. The moon probably come out around... Eh, I'm guessing like 10 or 11 tonight, and it's about half. So once that comes out, the the shooting stars are going to be toast. What I'm hoping is they'll they'll be pretty good uh, up until then. The, the stars have been amazing. As long as we don't get any crazy cloud cover, we should uh, should be pretty cool. But yeah, boy, it's going it's going fierce orange over by the sun fading off to pink illuminating the tops of all these cumulonimbus clouds and then we've got some white yellowish cirrus clouds above that and then going right back to the blue just absolutely amazing and we're just motoring our way uh, down the road we're only doing about three and a half knots I, I was working out the ETA trying to basically all I want to do so you, you get to the the channel for Port Royal uh, which takes you up to Buford and Ladies Island and all that and uh, from the entry the first channel marker all the way up to Ladies Island is like 25 miles and if you have the current because it's 25 miles it's going to take me at least six hours so that means I'm basically going to be, you know, um, uh, I'm going to flip-flop between the tides probably, chances are. Um, but I'm trying to get to the channel 
either at daybreak or um, close close in there. Doesn't really matter. It's super easy to get in. Big buoys. Last, the only times I've ever done it, there hasn't been much traffic at all. Savannah is much busier, and Charleston is much busier. I think Port Royal is, is sort of been left by the wayside as far as shipping. So that's good for me. And uh, yeah, you just motor your way up the old river. Keep a little, keep a little guide. Um, you know, I, I have the Navionics stuff, so I can just watch the iPad go, but, um, in case that dies for whatever reason, um, you know, all I do is keep a little list of the buoys I see, or I'm supposed to see, and, um, that's it. That's all, all you really, really need. If you want, if I, if I thought there was a threat of like fog and all that sort of stuff, then I would, I'd do... I'd write out on a piece of paper, I'd do a quick sketch drawing of it as close as I could, but mostly it'd be a list of each buoy, and then it would be a uh, course to the next buoy, and that's it. So you'd have, you know, red 13, three five zero degrees to green 14 and you just work your way up and if you have that on a piece of paper in your pocket if the ipad breaks you just keep going no big deal that's uh old old seamanship and it takes literally 10 minutes to make something like that maybe 15 and then you're all good and don't even have to worry about it but most of the time that ipad is definitely not going to fail you just got to be able to keep it plugged in because that is a long time Five hours to have that screen on full blast and the GPS and all that. It uh, it definitely will drain your battery. Things to think about. Do 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 do. <laughs> oh, the sea is definitely starting to get dark. Wow, it's so so pretty out here. Sun is just kissing the horizon now. I can only see a small sliver between horizon and the bottom of these clouds which is pretty cool because hopefully I'll still get that green flash it'll probably be in about two three minutes and then we'll end this podcast but yeah boy it is you know it's, it's crazy to think there's probably only three or four nights like this maybe three more nights wow three more nights which will put us I think at about 88 days at sea which is just a blink of an eye compared to my last trip, but for some reason it feels like it's been far more mentally challenging uh, than what I went through before. And you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing. I'll probably do maybe two two more podcasts while I'm out here, and then I'm gonna probably try and do a longer one to sort of wrap everything up. So look for that, like a a longer. But I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? It's hard to say. I'm not. I'm not much of a podcaster. It's. It's hard for me to even do these 20 minute ones. I don't. I full respect any any guys that like Matt Rutherford and stuff that can sit there and and do a podcast for an hour every single week. It's absolutely impressive. It's definitely not something I'm. Uh, I'm able to really do. Wow, it's so orange. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm gonna collect all these boxer shorts. Put those down below. Uh, so funny. I don't even know why I did it. I mean, I had this laundry. It was just raining so hard. There's just no reason not to. And because I have two two pair, two more clean boxers that I have not used yet. But now I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, nine, I have twelve. Now I have twelve. Woohoo! Which there's got to be. I know there's another bag of dirty ones somewhere because I have like 45 or 50 pair of boxers on this boat. Sometimes you got to change them like three, four times. They get all salty, you know. You got to keep that bunk nice and dry. Oh, here we go. All right. We are seconds away from a little green flash, I think. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Boom. Oh, oh the doubler. Triple. <laughs> little known trick it's it's really not much of a flash it's it's more you know you get this little green it just turns green but if you watch it especially on a boat with a little swell you stand right back up and you'll see see it again in reverse and then see it again when you sit down <laughs> cheating so i just saw three green flashes there's three more days left and uh now i gotta go Bring in the old laundry, fold it up, and settle in for, um, I don't know, hopefully a, a pretty sweet little meteor shower tonight. Maybe some uh, some nice sleeping. Hopefully not getting run over by a ship. And uh, <sighs> probably, probably doing the exact same stuff tomorrow. <laughs> Although I am, I am trying to get... As much, well, I haven't been super proactive, but I am trying to get some stuff done before I get in. You know, just doing a little bit of stainless steel stuff today, getting some of the rust off, and uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'll do tomorrow. I might try and start doing a little bit of a cleanup down below. Uh, if it's really calm still, I am going to do a fuel transfer. I think we're down to, we're getting, we, I got to be getting close to uh half a tank full or half half full half empty <laughs> uh on my actual tanks which would be uh would mean i could add like 30 40 gallons of fuel to it which won't empty the bladder but it's gonna get it pretty close it's gonna get it down to a tiny enough size where at least i can access my uh water tanks if i wanted to um, not that there's really much reason to do that, but I don't know. We'll see. And then once I get there, that's going to be my, my gift to anybody else in the, uh, at the marina. If anybody wants some free diesel, they can come and get it. I will fill up their jerry cans until that sucker's gone. I need to get that off of the boat. So I have my little walkway back and I can re-varnish those floors because they are going to need it. All right, guys. Everybody sail safe out there. And uh, again, this is Mighty Sparrow coming to you from less than 400 miles from Buford, South Carolina. Well, there's a little example of uh, the old sunset for you. And definitely one of my favorite times on a boat for sure. You know, the sunrise and the sunset, they're the big show, you know, besides the, the clouds and the stars. And it is. It's really cool 
you get the best ones because you got such a great view and it's uninterrupted and if you get the green flash that's even better so pretty cool i definitely will always always miss and think fondly of of being able to sit there and and have the time and the view to be able to watch that you know the sky it's just such an unbelievable thing, and and it's it's sad that you know when I when I get back to land, I don't pay it any much attention, at least compared to what I do out at at sea. When when I'm on land, I'll take it in when I can, but you can't always see it, and you don't you definitely don't have a great view like that. So it's really really something spectacular when you're out there. If you've never been out out offshore away from all the land and, and get to take in a sunset boy if you get the opportunity i i say go for it because it is it is something spectacular so enjoy yep sure is pretty out there so that wraps it up for this only one more podcast after this one and uh, as usual if you want any more information or a good read check out sailing into oblivion on amazon.com thank you